After John Rose retired from the Air Force, he decided to devote his spare time to his daughter's love of sports. Because of the additional speed and agility training his daughters were looking for, he founded D1 Training and decided to bring the opportunity and curriculum to athletes in his community. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. May is Military Appreciation Month. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.com slash celebrate. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag Mission Military Thanks. All right, welcome Air Force veteran John Rose, founder of D1 Training. John, got some great things to talk about, doing some good things in uh, uh, personal fitness and uh, athletic training going on. Um, Look forward to hearing about about all that. Before we do that, take us back and uh, tell us what you did in the Air Force. Yes, I was a digital network exploitation analyst. Uh, in the Air Force, so for 20 years, um, worked in a lot of secure facilities. <laughs> <laughs> Digital network exploitation. Can you even tell us what that is? Uh, yeah, just a cyber intelligence analyst. Yeah. The easiest, easiest thing to say. All the cyber <laughs> stuff. So you were in the Air Force long enough to retire? Yes. Yeah. And so as you were transitioning out of the Air Force, you're retiring. Um, it makes it easier in some ways, harder than others, because you're probably older than, um, than the four year, uh, four year typical enlistment. But as you were retiring, what, what were some of the things you were thinking? Were you wanting to go out and get a job or looking forward to taking some time off? What was your transition like? Yeah, I took advantage of the skills bridge program, uh, that the DOD offers, uh, active duty military members, uh, six months prior to their enlistment being up. Uh, so I took advantage of that, uh, did an internship at a company, uh, got an offered a job at the company doing uh, government contracting. Uh, so I went to work full time uh, as I was on terminal leave, actually. So I really didn't take a break. Yeah. Hey, talk a little bit about the skills bridge program. We've mentioned that on the show a few times before, but I want to hear just, just a brief, in your own words, a brief explanation of, of exactly what the skills bridge program is, because I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there within a year or two of transitioning that may not have even heard of it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the DOD skills Bridge program is uh, offered to military members to try to get them back into the career field. It doesn't have to be something they did in the military. It could be something completely different. Uh, They've had people go to to breweries to learn how to be a brewmaster, uh, people to go work for Caterpillar to learn how to order parts. And it could be something completely different outside their wheelhouse uh, that they did while they were uh, in service. Uh, they allow you to do up to 180 days uh, prior to your your uh, exit service date uh-huh. uh, and to include your terminal leave. So if you have a lot of terminal leave like I did, I had about 90 days of terminal leave. That means I only got about 90 days of skills bridge on the front end of taking that terminal leave. So you have to take it together. You don't get to do six months of skills bridge and then add your terminal to the end of that. So, uh-huh. And the the nice thing is the military continues to pay your your regular salary that you'd be getting paid if you were still back at your command, but you're actually working for another company. Correct. Correct. Get all the same benefits. You're still actively employed. Like you're on active duty, uh, all your health care benefits and everything. Uh, you just don't get paid by the company you're interning for. 
That, yeah. So it's a good deal for the company that you're doing the internship for, good deal for the military member. And uh, it's, a, it's, off, it's a great program, a hands-on OJT kind of uh, scenario. And it, I imagine most of the time it probably, I mean, if, you get, if you're a right fit for the company that you're working for, you're probably a shoe in for a job, you know, when it comes to an end, it comes to the end, which is really the ideal. And, and even if you're not, at least you figured out something that you definitely don't want to do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The agreements that the companies, they have to be vetted, uh, obviously in order to participate in the skills bridge program, uh, the agreement is, is that they have to have a position available, uh, for the intern to fill that doesn't guarantee you that they will offer you the position though. So, sure. yeah. Um, do you know, where the starting point is for somebody that wants to look into participating in the skills bridge program? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, your base education office and, or uh, what the air force uses is uh, family readiness uh, facilities uh, would have additional information uh, regarding the skills bridge program. I believe they also have a, a great website as well, just a DOD skills bridge webpage. Uh, military one source may also have a link uh, to that page as well. Awesome. Yeah. Highly recommended. I've heard nothing but uh, great, great things about it. So um, interviewed quite a few people that resulted in a job. And I, I think I remember interviewing one guy who it helped him realize, yeah, this, this industry wasn't, wasn't for him. It's not what he wanted to do. So that was, you know, a, a good thing too. So either way it can work out pretty nice. So you, you rolled into some type of government contracting job. Um, was that a good fit for you? And were you, did you continue to do that for a while? And then where did this whole entrepreneurship thing come from? Yeah. So I, uh, started, uh, like I say, started work before I actually went on terminal leave, um, with the, with the company as a government contractor, that was a good fit for me. It was uh, similar operations to what I was doing while I was active duty, um, working on cyber mission teams, things of that nature. Uh, so that wasn't anything new to me. Um, I continue to do that today, just in a different capacity, a project manager on a contract now uh, with an Air Force contract. Uh, however, my daughters uh, kind of steered me into the direction of uh, this training world, right? I have two, two daughters in club sports. Uh, I see uh, a lot of uh, individual uh, kids, athletes getting additional training outside of just their sports specific training uh, as far as the technical training goes. So um, I was kind of interested in that. I wanted to see what that was about. Um, so I started digging into it a little bit. Uh, my daughters actually started going to a, a facility similar to a D one in town. It just happened to be very far away from us, uh, on the other side of town kind of thing. So, uh, the more I dug into it, the more I realized, well, maybe this is an opportunity uh, for me to do something in my community and bring it to our side of town. So, uh-huh. and, um, I noticed in your bio, you, you, uh, you did play college baseball for a little while, at least before you went into the air force. So you, um, you did, you, you were a fairly, um, accomplished athlete yourself, at least at some point. So you're a little, a little bit somewhat familiar with, uh, the training required and the whole D, you know, division one concept in NCAA sports. Um, how much of a learning process was it for you, uh, working with your daughters, trying to figure out what kind of training was, was best for them and, and what kind of focus, where was your focus? Yeah. So for me, uh, just growing up, uh, small towns, you know, looking for an opportunity to go to the collegiate level and play, I played at an NAIA college, uh, in Missouri before joining the air force. And it was more just 
on talent, right? Based on talent. We didn't have those things when I grew up as far as like speed and agility, strength and conditioning type training yeah. uh, for younger athletes that really didn't exist uh, back then. Uh, specifically for my youngest daughter, um, she plays club soccer. I wanted to see her get her uh, running movements down correctly, uh, that technique done correctly. Uh, for my older daughter uh, who plays volleyball and golf, I wanted to make sure she also was participating and taking advantage of that strength and conditioning programming uh, as well. So between the two, uh, we found, you know, this is something that they needed. Uh, it would help them in their individual sports or other sports that they wanted to try, uh, just as far as like coordination, agility, lateral quickness, things like that. So um, that's kind of how we got involved with just figuring out there was something else that they needed to do other than just the technical training uh, for the sport specifically. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. For more than 90 years, Navy Federal Credit Union has made it their mission to help people in the military community, and I've been a member for 33 of those years. Navy Federal Credit Union is open to all branches of the military, veterans, and their families. Navy Federal's employees are veterans and military spouses, which makes them a part of the community they serve. They get you. They understand their members better than anyone. Members can enjoy Earnings and savings of $349 per year, regular savings rate four times higher than the industry average, an average credit card APR that's 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member service, over 350 branches worldwide, and a 0.25% discounted rate on VA loans. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.com slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Dollar value shown represents the results of the 2021 Navy Federal member give back study. Credit card value claim based on 2021 internal average APR assigned to members compared to advertised industry APR average published on creditcards.com. NFCU reserves the right to change or discontinue promotions and rates at any time without notice. All right, back talk with Air Force veteran John Rose. So um, and you're with D1 Training. Uh, so you knew your, your daughters needed more training. They wanted some more focused training. Uh, both your daughters are into sports, and you wanted to get them that training, driving across town, and 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 all the things that go along with that uh, wasn't wasn't working too well. So, did you try to start your own gym? Did you try to start your own facility at the beginning, or how did you end up finding D one training as a franchisee? Yeah, so I started doing a lot of research to see what other uh, franchises were out there initially, not just the ones that my daughters were going to, but what else existed. Uh, I came across D1 uh, that way, uh, started doing more research, uh, reached out to them actually for more information. Uh, and they were, you know, on the ball as far as getting me that information, uh, making sure I was on certain calls with other owners, um, just as a as a prospect, essentially, uh, to be a franchise owner. Uh, so they were feeding me lots of information. So, yeah. So what talk through the decision-making process of, did you want to start your own gym or did you want to go with a, a D1 training franchise? And what, how come you chose going with D1 instead of starting your own place? 
Yeah, absolutely. So for me, uh, not a business major, don't have a financial degree or anything background in business. Uh, I knew that for me, I wanted something that was more plug and play uh, where it's like, you know, you you just hand me the tools and I just implement them. So that's really what attracted me to the franchising part of it. I didn't have to create the brand out of scratch uh, to get the name recognition or anything like that. It already existed. Uh, and then I could just take advantage of those resources as a franchisee. Yeah. Know thy weaknesses. So that's, that's it's good on you. Um, and how beneficial was it? Like, uh, you, you plugged into the French to the franchise, you, you, you got your franchise up and running. They, they provide training and information for you. Uh, how much of a wake up call was it for you and how beneficial was their business acumen that they were able to, to bring, bring to your business for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. They uh, they had a lot of things with uh, this franchise specifically that attracted me uh, to D1 over other uh, gym franchises. Uh, one being that they have some military background themselves uh, within the leadership team. Uh, the COO, Dan Murphy, is actually a West Point grad, um, Army Ranger, I believe. So uh, they have that background. They have core values, which is something that I was familiar with for the last 20 years. Uh, they use character words in the facilities. It's not just about training athletes, but also, also athletes of character. So there are just a lot of similarities with the military that really attracted me, uh, you know, to the type of culture that they were creating for the D1. So, mm-hmm. And then once you're up and running, uh, talk a little bit about some of the, some of the early days, um, getting, getting new clients in, getting kids in that want to be trained, uh, acquiring new customers. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll, I'll even step back uh, a little bit further than that. Uh, initially, so I already found the franchise I wanted to work with in D1. Uh, I reached out to my veteran small business bureau, which coincidentally, there's not one located in San Antonio, which is kind of odd. Uh, it's pretty far away. Uh, that organization was able to put me in contact with uh, different financial institutions uh, to help me set up uh, my capital injection uh, for the business. Uh, so I just wanted to give them a, a quick quick shout out uh, due to helping me facilitate, you know, everything that goes in behind being able to own, you know, that franchise piece. Um, When it comes to the, uh, the membership piece uh, for D ones, they have uh, a team in place to assist. Uh, We're still in pre-sales right now. Actually, we're probably over 190 members signed up and we haven't opened the doors yet. Um, So there's a a team in place to help you facilitate uh, getting all your systems up and running, uh, getting the gym, uh, built, uh, built out. So, uh, like I say, there's a lot of things that they had culture wise, um, as far as that, that back end piece to help support me execute my mission, which is D one training. So, yeah. So you're still in pre-sale. You haven't opened the doors yet and you have 190 members already. Yes, sir. We're oh, that's um, awesome. about a week away next Monday. Uh, we should be opening the doors for the first time. Uh, so far to date, I believe we're in the top five for pre-sales all time so far. So, Wow. What was the key to that? Just following their plan or did you, uh, you have a pretty good network there where you live as far as other athletes and networked in with your daughters? Yeah, I would say no uh, sole location, right? You only get to pick it once. Um, well, I'll say once in 10 years, depending on your lease agreement. Yeah. Uh, I would say know your community, know your location, know the need um, for it, uh, for whatever the franchise is that you're wanting to, to bring in there or business. Uh, and then the other part of that is, I would say, control what you can control. 
Right. So I had my team was on the phones. They were, they were calling people back. They were giving people information and they couldn't keep up. Uh, so I jumped in as another member on the phone. Um, and it just came down to that mentality, you know, of if I can assist or I can help my team in any way, then just I'll do that. So I became an extra person on the phones, calling people back, signing people up, things like that. So, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, what the gym's actually like, uh, after you guys open, you, you got members joining. Is it just, is it mostly a, uh, a gym that's just focused on athletic training? So you just come and do your own thing or are there, are there set programs, different levels of memberships, that kind of thing? Yeah, so absolutely. There's uh it's athletic based training. Uh, it's not big box gym. So we don't sell memberships for people to just walk in and use the equipment. Uh, there is scheduled classes uh, that people will attend. We start at ages seven and go all the way through adult. Uh, we do break up the younger ages in groups. Uh, so like the rookie class, seven to 11, uh, the developmental class, 12 to 14. And then our prep class is 15 to 18 year olds. And then we also do adult training on top of that. Uh, in addition to those trainings, uh, D1 also offers things like NFL combine training, sports specific, speed and agility, strength and conditioning training, team training, um, private private training, uh, personal training, as well as small group uh, private training. So if you had like three volleyball players that wanted to work out together in private training, our coaches could design programming for them that would be volleyball specific strength and conditioning workouts. Mm-hmm. So, so you, a lot of your programs and in, in workouts and in, in group workouts are just generic athletic type courses, not specific to certain sports. And then at the, some of the higher levels, you can get fo- focused in on actual uh, certain skills with certain sports. Right. Our, our, our basic memberships uh, always going to include a warm up, strength and conditioning, speed and agility, a core workout, and then a cool down at the end. Uh, so that's just an overall athletic based uh, programming for any individual, not necessarily sports specific movements, but it will increase them overall athletically uh, for the adult classes. They're going to burn anywhere from five to 600 calories uh, just for that workout. It's 54 minutes long. And then for our specific sport training programming, like you said, yes, absolutely. It's going to focus on if I have a basketball player or if I have a football player, then our coaches will design programming specific to their sports to help them uh, facilitate, you know, their movements in that specific uh, field. So, mm-hmm. um, you got any info about, uh, D one training, like nationwide, like, you know, number of locations or franchises or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think currently there's roughly about 200, 250 locations that are open, uh, nationwide right now, uh, with the, uh, Constantly expanding. I will say that uh, D1 has uh, been on the Forbes list uh, as a top company. Uh, it's just continues to grow. We see the need for it across the country. Uh, they have a, a great system set up, uh, which just makes it easier to get into and easier to help facilitate in the, in the communities. Yeah. You know, um, this type of training, this type of focused training and um, education wasn't available when uh, years ago when, when I was a young athlete, um, I mean, nothing like this existed or at least in the areas that I was at, mostly Kansas city myself. So, um, and it was like, I was probably into my thirties and a a buddy of mine that I'd played baseball with when we were young had worked at this baseball facility. And I, I went over there one time and he's, he's doing all this individual uh, coaching as far as uh, hitting practice and, and throwing practice. And I'm just like, Holy cow, man, this stuff isn't, this stuff, nothing was like this at all. I mean, I can only imagine 
if that stuff had existed back back when when I was a kid and some of the some of the athletes I grew up with that you know what how much better how much better we would have been with uh these opportunities laid out in front of us like that right yeah absolutely and that's that's what I think D1 you know spawned from the owner Will Bartholomew uh who used to play with Peyton Manning at Tennessee and then went to the Denver Broncos saw the need I think back in 2001 for these types of facilities uh, and slowly over the years he's he's kind of changed what that looks like uh but with the same you know goals in mind and that's to get the athletes the best workouts and training that they can possibly get. Uh, there's, you know, Michael Orr trained at the, at the main facility in Cool Springs, Tennessee, through high school and college. Um, there's all kinds of players, athletes involved, uh, Vaughn Miller, RG3, LaDamian Tomlinson, Peyton Manning, Jason Witten, uh, Tim Tebow, Chris Paul. There's no shortage of, uh, of professional athletes that are involved in some way with D1, either as owners uh, themselves or just with the with the facility. So um, it definitely has that that growth um, because they see the potential and they understand what it actually brings uh, to the younger athletes specifically. So yeah. So you so you're about to open in a week or so. Um, what 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 comes next? You know what comes on opening day and uh, what's what's the follow on there? How, how many how many memberships can you go up to or how many? Uh, you said you're already at 190 pre-sale. What's, what's the goal as far as like your location or what would be ideal? I don't know that I have a ceiling right now. Um, I, I think we just want to go as much as we can, uh, get as many people in the facility as we can. If we hit that 300 mark, great. Uh, as far as regular membership goes, but I think, uh, and then, you know, if we need to add hours and add classes, we'll absolutely do that uh, to facilitate as many people as we can to come in and get their workouts. Um, but, you know, and we also do camps, things like that over the summer, we'll do football camps and different things. But I mean, there's, there's really no ceiling at this point. Um, we just want to make sure we can service the community uh, at large uh, and assist any way we can in making sure that they get the training uh, that they that they need, right, that they know their children need or that the adults want uh, to get in shape, just to have healthy lifestyle habits again, right? So. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really what we're focused on right now is just making sure we get that training offered to as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, now you said the SBA, the small business administration was instrumental in helping you get everything lined up to, to buy the franchise. I, I know, I know how, I know the legalities of franchising and how, how touchy things can be. So I'm not sure what you're, what you're allowed to share, but are, are you, if somebody was interested in a D1, uh, franchise, what kind of costs are we talking about like you know mid max mid range or are you allowed to share any of that information with us uh they have a range on the net worth um i'm not sure if i'm authorized to disclose it's it's not crazy right so retired enlisted member right e7 after you know for 20 years um i you know used uh what's called a robs which is uh i rolled over my thrift savings plan uh into uh 401k and then I was able to use those funds as my capital injection uh, for my small business administration loan. So it, it's possible, it's doable. Um, it did require obviously a lot of savings on my part over the years um, and my wife's uh, as well, right? It's a, it's a partnership. So, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely doable. Uh, you just, you know, have to have that, that capital injection upfront, I guess, to, yeah. to help uh, facilitate those, those uh, small business loans and stuff to help get you started. So, so f- for somebody out there listening and wondering how the, the, the thrift savings roll over to the ROBS and, and the SBA loans work, 
you can, can you share percentage? Like, did you have to put 20% down for the SBA loan? I, I know that's probably a typical. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes. 20, 20% injection uh, for the SBA loan. Um, absolutely. Yeah. That okay. is what the requirement is. So, and then the SBA covers the 80%. Correct. Okay. Correct. They cover the other 80. So you got to come to the table with something. So yeah, got to have skin in the game. I mean, that's, that's right. Be, no matter where you go. So um, not bad. Um, and the SBA loan process was not, are too long, arduous, or, or painful? And you, and you had people helping you out along the way? Um, not long can mean different things. For me, it was about <laughs> eight months. So it just depends That's on long. what your time frame for not long is, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, the different people I was putting in contact with through the different financial institutions, you know, kind of walk you through everything. And they, they you know, cross all the T's, dot all the I's to make sure you're, you are good to go before they start submitting you for things, um, which definitely helps and helps reassure you, uh, about the loan process. Um, but yeah, it is, it can be very arduous, uh, and tasking at times and feel like you're not gaining any traction. Uh, but when you do finally reach, uh, you know, that signing day, uh, for the loan paperwork, it is a great relief. I will say that. So, so you rolled <laughs> the thrift savings into the robs, which basically would turn it into like a regular 401k. So you were able to pull money out of your 401k without the temp, the early withdrawal penalty. Correct. Correct. And, and uh, so that did is you the have to, entire process. And did you have to, now you had to count it as income though, right? So you had to pay income tax on it. Is that correct? No, no, because I stood up a C corp and that was in the 401k. Uh, that is a tax free uh, capital injection because you're reinvesting into a business. Uh, so there's no tax penalty to use that money as the capital injection. Okay. So that's what I was curious about. Like, what yeah. are those SB, like if you're working with the SBA that allows you to do that? Or is that like an IRS thing? Or um, do you know? That's where I was trying the to. The SBA, yeah, the SBA is uh-huh. not involved in that process. So okay. um, I actually went through a, a financial institution I was put in contact with through the Veteran uh, Small Business Outreach uh, Program. Uh, put me in contact with a financial institution and they did all my Rob's paperwork for me. They even did my, uh, my business name filing for me with the state of Texas. Uh, so I just, you know, handed over them the information they needed and then they took care of everything. So, and this isn't a, this isn't a veteran specific thing. Is it the, the actual, once you get it, I mean, coming, coming out of the thrift savings plan, I know it is, but the ability to actually pull money out of the 401k vehicle without the penalty or, or the income tax. Uh, Correct. I don't believe that would be a uh, veteran specific thing. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. Like those, those folks, you know, they, they got money tied up in IRAs or, or thrift savings plans or 401ks, whatever, that they can actually get access to it uh, to help fund that 20% with the SBA to buy a loan to, or to get to loan to, you know, purchase a business. So it's, it's good info. Um, I don't think I'd actually heard of that before. So that's awesome. So thanks for sharing that. Um, well, we're getting close to the end of our time here. How do we find uh, D1 training and uh, get more information on that? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to www.d1training.com. That's letter D number one or? Correct. Yes. Letter D and then the number one and then training.com. All right. And give you the final word. If you're talking to somebody that's in the military on their way out, maybe they already got out, don't like where they landed, want to start their own business, get into entrepreneurship. What kind of advice comes to mind? Research. 
Uh, obviously, as an Intel analyst, I did a lot of that. So uh, I would say uh, find something that interests you, uh, that also you're passionate about, uh, because if it feels like work, it's going to be work, right? But if it's something that you want to do and you don't have to do, uh, then it's going to feel a lot like less like work and more like your passion and something that you're excited about and you can't wait to tackle each day. So Awesome. All right, John. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, I mean, you're like right on the cusp of a, a week from opening. That's awesome. So, um, let's see today, today's May 8th. So you, you're op- are you opening on the 15th of May? Yes, sir. All right. That's so, the plan. Yep. Um, <laughs> this episode's coming out on the 29th. So by the time people hear this episode, you'll already be a couple weeks in the, in the business. So that's awesome. Uh, look forward to your future success. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.